those of us who are older and who are born you know yeah. much before the coming <laughs> generation we we've known of vajpayee and we've known of his charisma yes. you know the complexity of his character and you've what i found yes. interesting about the book is that you've brought that out so yeah <laughs> you know i uh, was wrestling with him uh, for a long time because i had to struggle to understand him you know uh, it's a viewpoint very different from mine uh and yours i'm guessing yeah. and uh so i had to figure out who exactly was this person because you know uh there are so many different facets to him uh he sometimes sounds like a uh like a you know majoritarian hindu militant he sometimes sounds like a constitutional democrat he sometimes sounds like a jovial bon vivant uh he sometimes is inclusive he's pluralist on the other hand he does make those militant speeches he mounts a defense of the ram movement on the other hand he condemns it so he's a very um i would say a very complex person and with many shades and in the end i came to the conclusion that uh if we were to describe vajpayee politically i would say that he was a parliamentary democrat and a hindu nationalist but he was not a hindu supremacist or a hindu militant mm-hmm. uh i think what he did was he he pursued hindu nationalist politics but tried to keep it tried to keep mm-hmm. it within the ambit of parliament and democracy you know mm-hmm. um and of course in addition to this he had uh you know he had a very very interesting life he joined uh, the rss when he was uh, you know when he was in school mm. and his father was very disapproving his father actually uh, was a very domineering father and he had a very hero worshiping uh, relationship with his father who was also a poet and mm. bajpai fancied himself as a poet as well and there are these interesting uh, stories about how he joined the rss and would d- undertake this kind of rebellion against his father because his father was a government servant in the gwalior state he was the mm. inspector of schools mm. and he would throw his khaki shorts over a wall and uh, escape around the back and you know go off to his <laughs> shakhas uh, so he he was engaging in this uh, in this uh, rss activity as almost almost like a kind of secret activity from his father so he didn't come from an rss family mm. or you know his generations were not within the rss he joined and he uh, he was very much part of the rss system from a very young age mm. and was attracted to the rss i think because of the attention he got there and the mm. kind of reception he got for his poems you know vajpayee from a very young age um was a very 
uh, charismatic, uh, you know, he loved the limelight. He loved mm-hmm. center stage. He was always the on-stage performer. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the RSS, he got a lot of attention and a lot of praise for his poetry and his uh, his the way he delivered his poetry. You know, he had this style. You know, if you look at him, these hand-twirling gestures yes. to make and this head shaking from side to side and, you know, and his eyes blinking, you know, like, like, uh, you know, almost like the Shakespearean fool, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of Touchstone, you know, every time I see those videos. <laughs> uh, but he, and he was like a kind of entertainer and come, you know, ideologue, come sort of speechifier and orator. So he was a great package deal on stage mm-hmm. um, from a very young age. Uh, and his father was, you know, a, a, also a poet and uh, he took pride in the fact that his father wrote very formal, uh, you know, careful uh, poetry, that it was not, you know, cheap jokes and, Mm. you know, just slapstick poetry. It was actually formal and there were rules and there there was grammar and there was, you know, syntax and all of that went into it. And he uh, very much, uh, you know, was trained in that and um, emulated his father in that. So he took this poetry reciting and composing of poetry very seriously from a very young age mm-hmm. and uh, and in the rss he would uh, you know he composed all these poems about hindu hindutva the taj mahal rag rag me hindu hindu tanman hindu jeevan you know he he sort of ardent uh, poetry about the motherland and uh, you know hinduism and all of that and and all delivered you know in this um, in this sort of gesticulating, hand-twirling way. Mm. Uh, so uh, he, had, he got a lot of attention and he was uh, very much the star. Uh, you know, and if you look at his early pictures, if you see him with his siblings, mm. he's the star in the family, clearly. You know, mm. he's much better looking than all the others. He stands out. He's uh, clearly, you know, he was his father's favorite. He said, my Atal will shine like a star, his father said. So he had this conviction all his life that he was special and that he was someone distinctive. And he had a sense of, you know, what I say in the book, he he had a sense of this manifest destiny that I'm destined for big things. Mm. You know, and if I really think about it, what did Vajpayee really believe in? Did he believe in the Hindu cause, in parliamentary democracy, in, you know, in elections? Of course, he believed in all of those. But primarily, I would say Vajpayee really believed in himself, Mm. you know, and his own special place and that Mm. he was going to do something special so this uh, sort of poetry reciting and uh, you know conviction that he was special stayed with him all his life Mm. and uh, ultimately you know as I got to understand him uh, understand this complicated person you know when you're writing a biography uh, it's like acting you need to find the truth in the character the uh, truth about Vajpayee uh, and the key, in a way, to unlock this complex character for me was to find this self-belief he had in himself. You know, this uh, great belief that he was something special. And this led him to all kinds of contradictory situations and contradictory ideas, but always with the feeling that since he was special, you know, I can do something. You know, so after all, I'm Atal Bihari Vajpayee, that kind of thing. So he was, in a sense, convinced that whatever he was doing uh, was was all of a piece because after all, he is Vajpayee, mm. you know? Yeah. 
Okay. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it does make sense. But I'm also wondering, you know, um, for somebody who uh, rose from very, like, sort of more humble origins than, you know. The, yeah. He was so enamored of the Nehru Gandhi. So you bring that up. Mm. So, mm. you know, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vajpayee, uh, when he first joined uh, Parliament, which was in 1957, uh, that was the high noon of Nehruvian parliamentary democracy, right? Nehru dominated mm. India. Mm. And Nehru was this incredibly romantic figure. I mean, this sort of, uh, you know, the hero of the freedom struggle, very handsome, very cultivated, uh, Western-educated, adored abroad. Um, he had a terrific luster because he was, you know, Mahatma Gandhi's chosen heir. He had gone through the uh, mill of the freedom struggle, been beaten, he'd been, you know, uh, he endured jail terms. So Nehru had a kind of larger-than-life quality. And, of course, he was also a great parliamentarian. Mm. Uh, he took parliament very seriously, and the uh, speeches he made and the interventions he made were all very serious and studied. And parliament was the place where it was all happening, you know. Um, in that sense, the story of Vajpayee is also the story of India's parliament because he mm. really grew up in the golden age of India's parliament. Parliament, you know, in the 50s and 60s, when Parliament was really at the center of everything. And you had these brilliant parliamentarians. I mean, some of the speeches that I read uh, of parliamentarians at that time, they really were brilliant. I mean, it's, mm. the, it, it's literature, it's quotations, it's fluency of expression, it's beauty of language, you know, all of that was there. And he uh, was tremendously inspired by Nehru, the parliamentarian, because Nehru was very impressive in parliament. You know, he mm. spoke very candidly, spoke very openly. And Vajpayee was very impressed that even when his own personal secretary, that's Nehru's personal secretary, M.O. Mathai, mm. um, made some remarks about parliamentarians and they wanted to send it to the Privileges Committee because they felt it was insulting the privileges of parliamentarians. Hmm. Nehru didn't object and he said you know even if he's my parliamentary secretary uh, that's you know he, he needs to be disciplined as well there was no uh, feeling that he needed to protect him and then Nehru's own son-in-law in parliament you know Feroz Gandhi hmm. uh, was a great opponent of Nehru and used to take on the government very robustly and Feroz was a great parliamentary phenomenon also so hmm. all of this really impressed Vajpayee and, you know, remember where he was coming from. Uh, he was coming from Shinde Kichhauni in Gwalior. Uh, he had, of course, been around with Shama Prasad Mukherjee, the founder of the Janasang. But he'd come through the RSS system and to meet somebody like Nehru and also the vast range of people in parliament, you know, Anna Durai and Minu Masani and Hirendranath Mukherjee and Bhupesh Gupta. I mean, these are all people from different parts of India, highly educated, very articulate. And he was awed. And uh, particularly, he was awed by, by Nehru. And uh, if you read Vajpayee's memoirs, and he has a kind of autobiographical essay, which is like a memoir. It's the closest thing we have to Vajpayee's memoirs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's published in his uh, collection of speeches. I mean, he literally gushes over Nehru. Mm -hmm. He, you know, and when Nehru died, 
Bajpai's, uh, you know, lament his eulogy is like a is like a fanboy, you know, that <laughs> Bharat Mata has lost her Rajkumar and humanity has lost her prince and peace has lost his messenger and the world has lost this glorious presence. What are we going to do? I mean, it really reads like you know. Uh, the lament of a devoted fanboy. Uh, and he refers to Nehru many times in his memoirs. He uh, quotes him in his speeches. He, uh, you know, lavishes praise on Nehru's parliamentary practices. And of course, then there's that famous story of uh, how, you know, when he was foreign minister and the portrait of Nehru had been taken off the wall because um, his bureaucrats thought, uh, oh, this is a Jansangi foreign minister. He's a non-Congress foreign minister. He didn't, wouldn't want Nehru's photo on the foreign ministry wall. And Vajpayee said, no, where is that photograph? I remember seeing it here. I want it put right back up. And mm. so he had, you know, Nehru's photo reinstalled. And he then he, he and he really... Uh, you know, he's at pains to suggest that he is following the policy of non-alignment, just as Nehru did, peace with Pakistan, just as Nehru did. So he fancied himself as a Nehruvian in foreign policy. Uh, and uh, he said in Parliament once that, you know, my party doesn't like it because they think I talk about Nehru too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he admitted that. So he was, you know, he hero worshipped Nehru. Indira Gandhi, he also had a terrific fascination with. You know, he writes again at length about Indira Gandhi. You know, in the in this memoir, in this I recollect this autobiographical essay, mm. it's so full of Nehru, Indira Gandhi, Rajiv Gandhi that you know the the his own colleagues, his party men, you know, get very small mentions. He's <laughs> most of the time gushing about the Nehru Gandhis, mm. and of course Madhav Rao Sindhya. And, uh, you know, Vijay Rajay Sindhya. So, and then, and then there's this interesting, uh, you know, uh, uh, story that, you know, there's a photograph of Vajpayee and Indira Gandhi under an umbrella where mm. they're talking about something deep in conversation. She's holding up an umbrella and he's, you know, he's talking to her. And this photograph, he, when a collection of his speeches was being brought out, he insisted to the publisher that this photograph has to be in there, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so he had this... Um, he had this admiration. And then, you know, after Rajiv Gandhi died, he referred to Rajiv Gandhi as my younger brother. And again, he, you know, lie, writes at length about Rajiv in his memoir about how he was so charming and he was so handsome. And once he was going on a plane and Rajiv was the young captain and he came out and he charmingly did namaskar to him. And then, of course, you know, he had a kidney ailment in 1988 and Rajiv sent him to the U.S., for treatment by including him in a parliamentary delegation. So he literally gushes about the Nehru Gandhis hmm. uh, and, um, and gushes about the Sindhyas as well, you know, Madhav yes. Rao, how he brought in Madhav Rao into the Jansang. So I think Vajpayee had a tremendous admiration for these, uh, for the for India's blue bloods, you know, hmm. for the, um, uh, the these, elite. Uh, the elite, the grand old clans, uh, the sort of uh, old families and their science and, you know, uh, and their, you know, and their, their sort of sophistication and their westernization and all of that. He was quite awestruck by all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, so... Uh, uh, which is so very different from not, other... Which is very different yeah. His party men, right? And at that point, yeah, he was not a he was not a sort of uh, you know he would not be seen uh, uh, fighting some war, cultural war against the Latians elite or, 
you know, taking on the the Nehruvians or no, he was quite admire admiring actually. He would mm. be a great admirer of the Khan Market Gang. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vajpayee would would take joy in being part of the Khan Market Gang and also admiring it. Yes. You know. Um, he had a lot of and of course he was extremely admiring of uh, you know of narsim rao bb narsim mm, rao who he yes. actually called his guru mm. and whose photograph he had in his uh, in his uh, home uh, so so he was actually quite a ad- very admiring i would say of the uh, so called uh, you know nehruvian elite Hmm. And you, yeah. you you do quote Manishankar Iyer saying that um, yeah, uh, Narsimha was perhaps the first BJP <laughs> BJP yeah. minister and and prime minister Vajpayee being the prime minister the Congress never had right yes yes Manishankar Iyer said that and he said you know their their personalities kind of merged mm-hmm. and uh, so there was a certain there was a bromance between the two of them for sure. Mm-hmm. uh you know i i've seen photographs where they you know they're hugging and it's very friendly very close they were very very close they were both you know very erudite brahmin men as i say mm-hmm. uh i think vajpayee all his life had this sort of brahmin thing going on you know mm-hmm. um he felt uh an affinity with uh, fellow brahmins he felt an affinity with uh, uh with uh, you know highly educated erudite men uh mm. he was very much uh, he very very much loved the male bonding of you know uh of uh, sort of uh, different brilliant men all together joking and matching wits and jousting and you know so all of that was very vajpayee uh very much a man's man in that sense uh and also of course a ladies man but uh, we we'll come to that later but uh, but you know he enjoyed that bromance and that uh, and yes. rao i think they were they were particularly close and uh, uh i think vajpayee very much emulated rao uh mm-hmm. you know in his economic policies when he became prime minister in his foreign policies in his style of politics uh so rao was a big influence on vajpayee uh and uh, he uh, he certainly admired him a lot and there was a lot of uh, you know and rao returned the admiration and rao spoke very admiringly of vajpayee um uh, and you know conferred on him this uh, outstanding parliament yeah so uh, confer, you know he, at that time in 1994 uh, he was conferred the outstanding parliamentarian award and rao uh, you know spoke very, you know gushingly about vajpayee and his talents in parliament and uh, how you know what a great debater he was and he said that you know he uh, vajpayee and i have terrific differences and we have a difference in our viewpoints but we operate in the parameters of the house and within the parameters of democracy uh so we know how to keep our differences you know uh within the parameters of democracy and that's a great learning uh of vajpayee's life you know that you can be friends you can't ha- you can have friendship you can have sympathy you can have love but you needn't have 100% agreement Uh, you know that that was the that was a law uh, you know that was a, a, a trait a democratic trait which we are losing today you know today we're all trapped in these rival echo chambers you yes. know uh 
you know, in fact, uh, one magazine has just taken out an extract of my book, which was uh, seen in a particular way by some people. And they came after me saying, oh, you know, you're a Saffronite and you're a Sanghi. And, you know, what, what? are you doing? Right? <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people. And I was like, oh, my God. But that, yeah, <laughs> that's mean, bizarre. Because that's, that's bizarre. So, because that's, like, everybody knows. It's totally bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's clear in the book that I'm not endorsing, uh, you know, the politics of religion, but um, but you know, so I'm just saying that you know that it becomes this kind of, uh, you know, you get trapped in these rival echo chambers, right, in these yes. silos from which we can't emerge. Yes, uh, we are getting split down the middle. You know, friends are falling out with friends, family members are not talking to each other. It's happening in my own family uh, mm. because of these uh, sharp and you know furious differences in uh, in viewpoint. Yes. You know, and in uh, political viewpoint, uh, it's we are so polarized. We're so split down the middle. But uh, in Vajpayee's time and in Rao's time and Vajpayee particularly. There was not this kind of, you know, uh, sort of uh, vicious polarity between people and polarization. And you could reach out across the aisle and be friends, even though you you may not agree. And of course, between Rao and Vajpayee, there was no agreement. And, you know, in 1996, uh, when Vajpayee, uh, when the BJP was the single largest party and the uh, BJP needed allies to form a government. Uh, he did approach Rao, and Rao said, "No, I mean, you know, as a secular uh, force, I'm not going to join with the, you know, what I perceive as a communal BJP." So they had differences in ideology and differences in belief, but they were great friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, uh, that's a great lesson that all of us can learn today. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that a divided India can learn today is that you can be friends mm-hmm. even if you don't agree. And that that uh, disagreement doesn't necessarily mean enmity. It doesn't mean that, you know, okay, you, the other person has no right to exist mm. or needs to be an, annihilated, mm. you know. Uh, uh, this was an era when you could uh, when you could uh, when you could disagree with people and still uh, and still have warm relationship relations with them, mm. you know. So I think okay, that's so a great I, learning. Yes, that's mm. true. When when I was reading the book, you know, I was constantly yeah. um, comparing uh, the BJP then and the BJP now. Yeah. So yeah. Is, 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 yeah. is that a conscious thing, you know? Yeah, so certainly. Say, you, know, I, you, don't, you don't put it out there like in black and white, but yeah. that's what happens mm. when you're reading the book. You know, and you think, oh, yeah. this is what they were then and what are they now, you know? It's the elephant in the room, right? Yes, yes. So talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly. That's very, uh, that's very, uh, uh, you know, uh, acute of you because that is the thing that loomed over me all the time that I was writing the book as a BJP now and, you know, uh, and Mr. Modi now and the leadership now. And uh, and the BJP then and Vajpayee then, it, it was chalk and cheese. I mean, it was completely different. Mm. You know, I know a lot of people believe that um, Vajpayee uh, enabled uh, political Hinduism to come into the mainstream and he gave it legitimacy and he did. Mm. You know, he, mm. did, he did do that. He did legitimize mm political Hindutva. But at mm. the same time, you know, uh, Vajpayee's government, remember in 1999, it fell by one vote. Mm. 
Yes. Lost by one vote in parliament. I mean, think about that. I mean, today that would be a really quaint, unheard of practice. Can you imagine losing by one vote? I mean, that vote would be, you know, bought for ten rupees or something. You know, mm. or I mean, not ten rupees, ten crores or whatever. Whatever. I mean, um, you know, uh, uh, so he he fell by one. You know, his government fell by one vote. He respected parliamentary supremacy that much. Uh, I don't think there would have been any question of Vajpayee, you know, ramming through legislation the way we see now, you know, Article mm-hmm. 317 done away with, CAA, farm laws, all these things ran through for Vajpayee. Parliament was life, right? He was mm-hmm. always in Parliament. Mm-hmm. He was always sitting in Parliament. His bureaucrats used to complain that Pradhan Mantri to Parliament mein baithe rahte. You know, because he was just all the time in Parliament, and he was always defending himself in Parliament, and he was making speeches in Parliament. So I, I think disregarding or dismissing Parliament would have been unheard of for Vajpayee. Mm-hmm. Also, would have been unheard of is you know calling the opposition names, you know, Tukre Tukre Gang or Khan Market Gang or Anti National. I mean, he was an opposition member all his life. Mm-hmm. He was a he, he you know he became Prime Minister. Right at the end, right as I say, when you know at twilight when he stood blinking in the setting sun. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, through his life, most of his life, he was in the opposition. He was an mm. he was the you know this opposition in the, uh, occupying the opposition opposition benches in the in the Lok Sabha. Mm. So um, I think to call the opposition names would be unthinkable for Vajpayee. And also think about it. You know, his close associate in government. Uh, was George Fernandez, who was a yes. socialist, who was a uh, you know who who regularly criticized the Sangh Parivar. His other great associate was Jaswant Singh, who did not have RSS links. Who was a, you know Tchaikovsky and Mozart listening, uh, whiskey <laughs> drinking. You know Jaswant Singh, you know married <laughs> own boys, <laughs> and. Uh, so, and then you had uh, you know Mr. Brajesh Mishra, who was always chain smoking, also big drinker, who was also you know, ah, uh, have you heard the jazz in New York? He was you know <laughs> the, the New York club, <laughs> things like that. So I, I mean, you wouldn't find these characters today, right? Where would you find a George Fernandez? I mean, George Fernandez today would be firmly in the anti-national camp, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, so I think you had these, these, you know, these these characters around Vajpayee who are very different from the people you saw today, and the also people you see today. And the other thing is that, you know, Vajpayee was not a one man show at all. He had very, mm. uh, he had a phalanx of very high profile ministers. You know, mm. uh, Yashwan Sinha, Arun Shuri, Jaswant Singh, Murli Manohar Joshi. Uh, these were all high profile big guys in themselves they ran their ministries their own way they uh they they were uh, taking decisions on their own they had autonomy it was not just a prime minister's show mm. uh so he had very very uh a very very strong uh and you know and and high profile ministers mm. and also you know throughout Vajpayee's tenure and this was really this really struck me this contrast was really struck me and I kept wondering where are these people now because through Vajpayee's tenure you had the RSS uh Swadeshi Jagran Manch and the uh, Bharatiya Mazdoor Sangh I mean they were literally at the government's throat Yes. You know, yes. they were attacking the government day and night. There were these fire breathers of Swadeshi, you know, yeah. uh, calling Vajpayee 
weak, saying that, you know, he's a nikamma. Uh, they called uh, Yashwan Sinha apradhi. Uh, they said, Vajpai ji, desh ke virodh mein hai. The organizer used to say that the, they wrote an editorial saying that the Vajpai government should be consigned to the dustbin of history. Yes, so the yes. RSS was at his throat. Yes. Uh, through the his entire tenure because of his liberalization and global, you know, his, his privatization uh, policies. Mm-hmm. And also because he had Ram Mandir on the back burner. See, he had allies to assuage. He mm-hmm. had his allies he had to take care of. So he couldn't go full throttle on Ram Mandir and Hindutva, nor was he inclined to do so. Yes. So, um, you know, they, so these, there were these three saffron malcontents. There was Ashok Singhal of the Vishwa Hindu Parishad. There was Dattopant Hengadi of the Bharatiya Mazdoor Sangh. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, and there was K.S. Sudarshan of, yes. of the RSS, who yes. actually didn't like Vajpayee at all. Mm. Uh, so uh, so there were, there were the three saffron malcontents were at his throat, you know, day and night. And I was wondering, where are these people now? I mean, are they all very happy now? And what's happening? And why aren't they on the street? Because they were on the street in Vajpayee's time almost every second day. You know, mm-hmm. agitating, mm-hmm. saying you know this government is nonsense and it's it's doing it's doing all kinds of anti-national things. But yes, you don't see them. You know, you don't see them in 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 this BJP government at all. But in the previous mm-hmm. BJP government led by Vajpayee, uh, the uh, you know the Sangh Parivar was uh, on the street protesting almost all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, but perhaps the Sangh Parivar itself has changed now. Maybe. I think what's happened is that, um, you know, Mr. Modi is not like Mr. Vajpayee because he actually, you know, he began in the RSS, right? And he stayed mm. in the RSS. He's an, he was an RSS pracharak who then came to the BJP. Vajpayee was a politician for years. He yes. was a BJP politician. He was in the Jansang. He was uh, then in the BJP. Uh, he was an RSS member, but his trajectory was all politics, politics, politics. Mm-hmm. Modi has come in from the RSS. He's yes. an RSS prime minister in that sense. Vajpayee yes. uh, was a BJP prime minister, you know, and he was also from a Jansang. He was from the, the earlier Jansang, which had been founded yes. by uh, Shama Prasad Mukherjee, who was a politician. Yes. So he he... Politics was much more in Vajpayee's DNA. This government is, you know, I would say Mr. Modi is much more embedded in the Sangh Parivar and the people around him are much more embedded in the Sangh Parivar. So the Sangh Parivar has a much greater role in government uh, than it did in Vajpayee's time. He kept them firmly at bay. In fact, they were always complaining that, uh, you know, they didn't have enough say in government and that... uh, Vajpayee was uh, surrounded by these, uh, you know, these uh, Watho types, <laughs> these, uh, you know, the Brajesh Mishras and the Jaswan Singhs. And, uh, and, and you know, the RSS, in fact, disliked uh, Brajesh Mishra quite strongly because Brajesh Mishra uh, ran the Vajpayee PMO very much with an iron hand. And he was the all in all in the Vajpayee office. Mm. Uh, and he was not from the RSS. So, um, so you know, the RSS was kept out of government. I mean, Vajpayee in government was not an RSS man. He yeah. was uh, very much his own man and a politician with his own advisors. So that's very different now because I think now the Sangh Parivar is much more involved in government. Hmm. And also the personalities of the two uh, leaders are very different, right? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Vajpayee had, I mean, I can't imagine uh, somebody having any politician now having such an openly colourful sort of personality yeah. in life. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> and right. Yeah. Social media, 
where everything is yeah. there or whether it's something as you just become more conservative i don't know what do you think we have become more conservative manjula you know that's very well said i think you know in, if you look at the 1940s and 50s there was actually a lot of you know i mean there was political ferment of course it was a freedom struggle and it was you know uh, a lot of political activity and also a lot of personal um, you know personal liberation and yes. uh, personal sort of freedom Yes. You know, I mean, you had Ram Manohar Lohia who lived, uh, you know, with uh, Ramamitra all his life without getting yes. married. Uh, you had Gandhi himself, who was, you know, who was very openly actually carrying on his uh, experiments with uh, uh, celibacy and, uh, uh, you know, uh, his, uh, you know, the 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 sort of self mastery uh, and all of that. And Gandhi wrote about it very openly. Yes. Uh, and you know, Vajpayee's relationship with uh, with Mrs. Call, I think that you know, it was a very, uh, very sort of uh, you know, very honest, candid admission that no, we're not married, but we live together, and she, we, I live with her family, and I think that was a very, um, you know, it, it showed that at that time you had that freedom. You didn't have this yes. outrage industry that we have now. You know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine that happening now with a politician. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be, you know, it would be, I, I don't know, it would be sensationalized all over the place, you know. But, uh, but of course, I, I don't think the RSS uh, found it palatable hmm. uh, that, you know, their main politician was having, ha- had this kind of unconventional living arrangement. Uh, but, uh, but you know, because he was such a political star, uh, mm. they went along with it because there's nothing they could do. He was indispensable to them. But uh, Vajpayee was, you know, he was a, he was a big drinker. Mm. Uh, certainly in his early years, he was a very heavy drinker. Um, he loved his non-vegetarian food. Yes, uh, that bit he, about uh, somebody yeah. asking him if he was eating chicken and he said, no, it's bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the other thing. He had so many wisecracks. Yes, um, yes. You know, there's this really funny one where he's, at a dinner and uh, at Ghatate's home and uh, Nanaji Deshmukh, one of his uh, <laughs> colleagues says, uh, party colleagues says, oh, Deen Dayal Upadhyay came to me in a dream and has advised me not to eat chicken. And so Vajpayee says, are such a big man comes to you in a dream and all he says is don't eat chicken. <laughs> Yeah, there were points where I really laughed, you know, when you like... Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> and then, you know, that when he lost his election in 1984, one, uh, and it was a very humiliating loss, and one uh, party member, very sad, uh, had a heart attack and actually passed away. <laughs> yes, I know. Vajpayee <laughs> comes back from the condolence meeting and says, Are, I lost the election and I'm coming. He's had a heart attack. You know, so um, so a lot of that was, uh, you know, it was really quite funny. A lot of it is really, he was, you know, uh, he was full of wisecracks. And uh, so I think that that kind of jokey personality, no, it's, he, you know, I don't think that is there at the moment. Hmm. And how did in you, our, in our you, government. you got all this stuff from like conversations with Ghatate? So, or- Ghatate, Ghatate, okay. Ghatate, uh, Yashwan Sinha. Uh, you know, uh, Shakti Sinha, who was mm. very close to um, close to Vajpayee. He was his personal secretary, 96 to 99. Uh, you know, this was a lockdown and I think everybody had lots of time on their hands. Okay. So I used to have these long conversations with all of them. With Appa Ghatate, and it's really sad that Appa died and he 
can't see this book but he really you know he actually gave me everything about vajpayee Hmm. uh he gave me these two collections that he has atal ji's wit and humor and atal ji as a man hmm. and he has uh, so these are these unpublished uh, uh books or uh, works that he had written khatate uh, is written about hmm. vajpayee hmm. and uh you know very personal glimpses of the man and his uh, uh his humor and his uh, sort of all sorts of things you know uh the kind of things he used to say uh and uh so he let me have these two collections and then he told me lots of stories and uh, appa was a really delight delightful man i mean he you know he was very hospitable uh, always in his jacket and cravat and you know uh mm. dressed up and every time i would go and see him he would be you know dressed in his jacket and we would sit and we would eat, drink tea and he would then start telling me about all these stories and then Mrs. Sheila Ghatate was also there, and she would, you know, provide us with tea and snacks. And I spent lots and lots of time with uh, Appa. So yeah, I really miss him, and I wish he was around. I really wish Appa was here to see the book. I think we would he he would have had uh, a lot of laughs, uh, and he would have really enjoyed reading it. I'm mm-hmm. really sad he's not here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. really sad. But uh, he was his oldest friend. and his closest friend and uh, you know and uh, you always judge people by their friends right and the kind of friends the people yeah. have okay. and so appa was this you know also an rss insider but of course very uh, but very very hospitable and uh, very charming and terribly funny you know <laughs> he was just so funny he used to tell me all kinds of jokes about vajpayee and half the time we just be you know we'd be laughing and joking and he he was uh, you know he was uh, i guess very much like vajpayee in that sense mm. um mm. so yeah so you know I, i so all these stories about him that are there uh, you know in a sense gave me an insight into the man and um, i think also showed me that you know there are so many sides to people uh, there are so many different uh, aspects to someone you know to mm. see uh, to see an individual just as one thing mm. uh, of course you can't do that as a biographer you see so many aspects to them yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. okay which brings me And, to uh, you know brings me to the aspect of him like like vidya subramanian's comment that vajpayee yes. had a chameleon like ability to change with the mood which is yeah, so cool. yeah let's talk about that so true. you know that's what makes him interesting and also sort of uh, difficult right as a personality yes yes i think he was very cunning very uh he was very devious mm. he was in a sense much more of a politician and much more of a cunning politician than advani you know advani is what you mm. see is what you get the mm. demagogue the fire breathing hindutva hawk mm. vajpayee equally used the ram mandir movement to catapult himself to power was equally yes. cynical about using this movement to uh, grab power mm. but then at the same time you know posed as this liberal uh you know hand wringing lamenting person that i didn't know i, I you know I, i i was opposed to the rath yatras 
Uh, I was devastated when the mas- masjid was demolished. But he knew all along what this movement yes. was about. Yes, yes. Uh, he knew exactly. Though you said that uh, Appa Ghatate said that he didn't, he wasn't aware at some point. He wasn't aware that there was a conspiracy to, or if there was a conspiracy to demolish the masjid, he, I mean, uh, you know, there's this, there's a debate about whether, was there a conspiracy, was there a plan to demolish the masjid? Uh, I asked Appa that, you know, did Vajpayee know that this, that, you know, this mandir would be demolished in his heart of hearts? And he said he had no idea. He said he just did not know. How can that be? You know, because on the, yeah, you know, on the 5th of December, just the night before the exam, Mandir was demolished, Masjid was demolished, he made that impassioned speech. You know, uh, it was a very militant, rabid speech. It was a very disappointing speech. When I read it, I thought, oh my God, you know, what is he saying? And it was very, you know, very rabid, very militant. And he was mm-hmm. almost as if he was saying, we must level the ground, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you read the uh, account of the demolition, the actual demolition, mm. I don't think uh, the senior leaders thought it would actually be raised to the ground. I think they thought something would happen. See, remember, car seva had, had happened several times. There had been a car seva and there had been a shilanyas at the site in 1989 when they had, you know, dug the ground there. There had been a car seva in 1990. They had kept on going there and planting flags there. So they thought this time also there would be some activity, some construction activity. But um, even in that 5th uh, December speech, he says that, you know, the Supreme Court has not permitted permitted us to go ahead with construction, but we can do this, we can build a platform, we can do whatever, we can level the ground. He says all that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he thought that, I, you know, I, I, I believe that, mm-hmm. I, uh, my belief is, I don't think he thought the masjid would actually be brought completely down. Because if you see the interview he gives to Pranoy Roy uh, a few days after the demolition, mm-hmm. he actually looks really quite shocked and aghast and he looks he so apologizes and says we are sorry for this we did not know this would happen uh now there are some who believe he knew that it was going to be demolished i don't believe that he knew it was going to be demolished mm. Mm. i don't think so i don't think he knew i don't think he he, he knew it would be that the masjid was about to be uh was about to be uh what would be raised to the ground altogether mm. Mm. Which brings us you know, to his relation. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think in that sense, he, uh, you know, as Vidya says, and, and it's a wonderful article she's written, and I've quoted from it, mm. is that he was, he even if he didn't know the mandir was, a masjid was going to be demolished, he knew exactly what this movement was. Yes. Right? Yes. He knew that this was a violent, uh, anti-constitutional, uh, anti-democratic, militant movement. He was riding this Hindutva tiger. Mm. Uh, he knew exactly what it was. He knew what the Rath Yatra was doing. He knew the communal riots that were breaking out all across India because of the Rath Yatra. Mm. He knew exactly what was going on. Um and in fact, you know, while Advani's Rath Yatra was going on, uh, Lalu Yadav of, from Bihar, Chief Minister of Bihar, and Mulayam Singh Yadav of Uttar Pradesh came to Vajpayee and said, there's too much disturbance happening. There are way too many communal riots happening. There's too much uh, communal frenzy. You, you know, why don't you tell Advani to stop? Mm-hmm. And um, 
he uh, so he called up advani and said you know uh, should you stop you know why don't you stop the yatra because there's too much you know the feeling is that there's too much communal tension being created and advani said no no how can i stop it's so popular you know everywhere mm. i'm going there are so many people it's so popular you know you can't even see how popular it is and vajpai very telling me said oh it's popular is it okay okay then continue almost mm. as if you know if it's popular then that acquires its own morality then the people love mm-hmm. it and so you know it doesn't matter about the communal right so in that sense he you know he was a very uh, the, he he played very dark politics yes uh, he he played dark violent politics no doubt about it to mm-hmm. to actually to get power mm-hmm. so he was a very ambitious and ruthless politician uh, who who regularly played uh, you know this kind of uh, this kind of uh, politics and uh, uh, but at the same time you know knew how to keep his distance from it and never wanted to be seen in the company of the uh, ram bhags and the kar sevaks as advani honestly did advani mm-hmm. was supporting the movement he was leading the movement he was right there with the movement he was the fire breathing demagogue right yeah. nothing left to be imagination mm-hmm. bajpai kept his distance wasn't at ayodhya uh, you know kept publicizing how much he didn't like it how he had disagreements with it but at the same time made complete use of it and utilized it cynically for his own political gain mm-hmm. so in that sense he was much more cunning yes and more yes. clever so this whole thing yeah. you know, which govindacharya denies now that comment about mukhota mukhota yeah yeah he apt Oh, I think he said it. I think he. I think he definitely said it. Otherwise, why would it, it come up? You know that suddenly yeah. Mukhota and that particular so, phrasing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why would it? Yeah. So I think he wore many different masks, and uh, you know, and, and and in the sense that you know, I don't think it was completely a mask in the sense that you know, was he completely living a lie? and uh, you know, just uh, and he was a you know a zealot who was just pretending the whole time. I don't think so. Mm. I don't think it was a complete pretense mm. but he did uh, he did uh, take care to project an image mm. you know vajpai was very tenacious uh, about his about his you know he tenaciously guarded his image mm. and he was very careful to protect to project always this uh, middle of the road you know hand wringing liberal who was you know upset with everything that was going on uh he didn't didn't know what to do he was helpless hmm. uh he projected that image very well so hmm. in that sense he was a mukhota hmm. which brings us to his relationship with advani you know yeah, is, yeah. you touched on a lot you know and that yeah. is a really interesting relationship which yeah it is so many it is. changes but mm-hmm. had to endure till the end i mean there was no choice i guess for either of them so talk about that so uh, you know in any long relationship uh, manjula as you said you know they had no choice in any long relationship when you're bound together you're building this party together you you're uh, a, a long relationship is full of all kinds of things right yes. uh, love hate bitterness understanding mm-hmm. so, power struggles yeah. you know there are different at, at different points different people are powerful in the relationship you yeah. know your power equation changes mm. uh 
So, uh, so yeah, it was like that kind of a long relationship. It was full of ups and downs. It was tense. It was uh, sometimes mutually, you know, suspicious. It was, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, some very close. They also respected each other. You know, I think Advani kind of adored Vajpayee. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the sense, he really looked up to him and kind of hero worshipped him. Uh, Veer Sangvi calls it unrequited love. <laughs> he kind of really loved him. And uh, uh, so I think it was sort of, you know, he he really adored him. Uh, because, you know, the thing is, when they started out, Vajpayee was already the star, right? He was already the parliamentary sensation. Mm-hmm. But uh, Advani had come to help him with his parliamentary work. So he was, you know, doing all the backroom work and doing the research and doing the sort of, uh, you know, legwork on uh, writing the parliamentary speeches. Because remember, parliament was very important in those days. You tried, people took it very seriously and you had to produce really good speeches. Hmm. So Advani did a lot of work. You know, he went through uh, uh, law texts and history books and, you know, political science books and the uh, history of the English parliament. And they, you know, they, they, put a lot of effort into, into Vajpayee's parliamentary speeches, which he delivered with great panache and great style. Mm-hmm. So he was always the onstage performer and Vajpayee, uh, Advani was always the backroom guy. But, uh, you know, as time went on, this was their equation. This was the sort of power relationship. And Vajpayee was, you know, older. He was the sort of... Uh, very much embedded in the uh, RSS, Hindi Belt, uh, Brahmin network of the BJP RSS. You know, mm-hmm. Advani was from Karachi. He was more anglicized. He uh, he had come in, you know, his, his family had migrated to uh, India after partition. So he was a little bit more of an outsider. Mm-hmm. But he was much more of a meticulous organization man who knew the party, knew how to galvanize the party, mobilize the party. Vajpayee was, as I said, the onstage show horse, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Advani was the workhorse. It was, he was mm-hmm. the show horse. Advani was the workhorse. And that was, their, that was, that was how they started out. Mm-hmm. What happened to Vajpayee as he, you know, as he took over the leadership of the Jansang uh, and then of the BJP is very interesting because, you see, Vajpayee, he used to keep winning his own seat, but mm-hmm. he could never win elections for the BJP. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when he became president of the Jansang in 1968, after Dindyal died, mm-hmm. uh, the Jansang lost, uh, lost elections to Indira Gandhi in 1969. By 1971, when Indira Gandhi uh, you know, uh, had her Garibi Hatao election, the Jansang was literally blown out of the water. I mean, she mm. she wiped it out. She just yeah. came to power with that thumping majority. Yeah. So uh, Vajpayee's, um, you know, Vajpayee couldn't take the the Jansang to a win. And then by the end of 1972, Advani had to come in as president. Then when he became head of the BJP, when he found when Vajpayee founded the BJP in 1980 and became the president of the BJP, then also the BJP kept losing elections in 1980, 1981, 1982, 1983, until 1984 when the BJP was annihilated by Indira Gandhi's assassination when the Congress won 400 seats mm-hmm. and the BJP won two. Yes. And the and Vajpayee was leading the BJP at the time. So he could never win elections for the party. Mm. You know, somehow, although this great parliamentarian, magical speaker, oratorical sorcerer, all of that, but he could never somehow win elections for his party because he was not an organization man. You know, he was not a party organizer, galvanizer, going to meet Karya Kartas. He could never remember people's names. He used to call him <laughs> the Charya Dhrona. 
Dronacharya. You know, so he was he he was forget he was forgetting names. He used to go on. He was he used to take a schedule of speeches, amble off, give his speeches, and you know, pack up for the for the evening. Um, but so he could never galvanize the party. But Advani was very different and worked at the party. So after you know after the. Uh, terrible loss of 1984 when the literally the bjp was wiped out then advani came in as president in 1986 and then advani really took the bjp to its great height by embedding the bjp in the in the ram movement you know mm-hmm. and it was through this ram movement that the bjp began to really win seats until you know it became got got 82 seats in 89 and then you know 121 and then 162 and then 180 so it took the bjp forward by leaps and bounds and he did it by allying with the hindutva movement and when he did this advani then came to the forefront you know advani then became the big star he became the hindu hriday samrat he became the mascot of the bjp he became the face of the ram movement and this was not palatable to vajpayee because uh, not only did he lose the election in 1984 he was then you know kicked upstairs as chairman emeritus in the rajya sabha and it was advani who was really the hands on ceo Mm. and he was the hero of the hindu nationalist biopic it was not vajpayee and this caused enormous strain in their relationship because vajpayee was always used to being the star mm. and then you know their households actually egged uh, each other on because their households were sort of mutually adoring of their respective uh, patriarchs whether it was the mm. vajpayee household or the advani household mm. and uh, you know the vajpayee household would felt used to feel that uh, advani was taking the bjp in a militant direction advani household used to feel that uh, you know advani did all the work and he didn't get any of the credit uh, so there were a lot of these suspicions and then you know there's a story that in vajpayee's household they used to call advani ram avatar you know oh, here comes the ram avatar you know so <laughs> that kind of you know in the book where i really laughed you know i it was yeah. Like, yeah it is it is really sort of quite quite so there was a lot of tension there so they, so i think vajpayee became very jealous of advani's stardom mm-hmm. and very bitter and uh, then you know there was that um, there was that uh, incident in t- 2003 when venka and i do refer to them as refer to both of them yes. as law purush and uh, vikas purush and bachpai literally exploded i mean to be mm. you know ranked alongside advani was not something he wanted to do he wanted to be the the leader number one you know mm-hmm. it was always he who was the main leader in his eyes so mm. there was a lot of tension in the relationship when uh, when advani started to come out into the public uh and uh, there was a lot of lot of sort of resentment on uh, vajpayee's part and then advani in an act of self abnegation actually offered the prime ministerial post to vajpayee because in 1995 mm-hmm. when advani was at the height of his power he was the you know he was the, the the president of the of the of the bjp the bjp had won big victories for the 1996 election advani actually announced that it will be vajpayee who will be our prime ministerial candidate because he knew that in the era of coalitions because yes the 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 bjp was not going to probably get a majority it would need coalitions and who better to get in coalitions but you know our very own poetry reciting whiskey drinking yeah. uh, <laughs> nice guy who keeps everybody happy yes. and so that of course would be vajpayee and so uh, you know so it would be the nice guy hindu nationalist image that advani would use uh, 
or this image that Vajpayee had, which Advani would use to get uh, allies. Because if Advani had been the leader of the BJP, he would not have been able to uh, attract allies. He was too seen as too hardline, seen as too hardcore, seen as too militant. But Vajpayee, having been very careful about his image. Mm. And always kept up this image of the liberal hand-wringing, lamenting, uh, you know, good man in the bad party image, uh, you know, was very useful uh, to Advani to, uh, you know, to form coalitions with other parties. Mm. And um, in that sense, uh, you know, Advani actually cared more about the party, Mm. I would say, than Vajpayee did. Vajpayee cared about himself. You know, Mm. he cared about his own personality cult. But Advani wanted to build the party. He he actually wanted to uh, build the BJP, and he knew that for the BJP to grow, you needed to get an uh, get a Vajpayee in at that time. After the demolition of the Babri Masjid, when the BJP had become an un- an untouchable, mm-hmm. uh, that he you know you had to get a Vajpayee in to attract allies. Uh, so Advani was actually more, uh, I would say, more uh, you know sort of uh, you know much more of a much more of a builder of the BJP than mm. Vajpayee. Vajpayee built himself. Mm. Um, I guess he was he not was, a party builder. I guess it was because you Advani. Know, I, sorry, but I guess it was because Advani was a party builder that he also pushed um, uh, pushed um, Vajpayee to say you know to to accept Narendra Modi at the. Uh, yes, 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 right. yes. Exactly, exactly. That's very well said, uh, because again, uh, you know, uh, Advani literally rescued uh, Modi uh, after the Gujarat elections because Vajpayee was determined that Modi should uh, be sacked mm-hmm. and should be and should should resign because of, you know again it this was part of uh, uh, you know part of the direction he was trying to carve for the BJP the sort of moderate liberal centrist middle ground that he was trying mm. to occupy and he wanted modi to be sacked and wanted modi to resign but um, advani felt that you know modi would be good for the bjp in gujarat and that the party cadres wanted him and he and because he wanted to build the party in gujarat he thought modi would be the best guy so advani supported modi to the hilt mm. and uh, that's why modi it was able to stay on because of the support he got from uh, Advani at you know the Goa National Executive, which I described, where um, mm. uh, Vajpayee was literally outnumbered and he couldn't say anything. Uh, but um, Advani was convinced that Modi uh, was needed to build the BJP in Gujarat. So Advani had one focus, you know, to build the BJP, whichever way: Hindutva, mm. Hindu mm. nationalist movement, ally with 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 uh, Ram Janmabhoomi movement, communal riots. Uh, you know, uh, Hindu consolidation, whatever it takes, you know, build the party. Uh, Vajpayee also wanted to build the party and also adopted the same means, but uh, continued all the time to publicize his uh, his disagreements with this, with, the, with this approach. Uh, mm-hmm. Also because, you know, Vajpayee's Gandhian socialist approach, you know, when he started the yeah. BJP, he, he decided to call it Gandhi, a Gandhian socialist party. Hmm. But that Gandhian Socialist Party kept losing elections. You know, they <laughs> kept losing elections. Election yeah. after election, Vajpayee kept losing. Hmm. So he was also subdued by his defeats and, you know, subdued by the fact that he was not an election winner. I mean, he could win his own seat. Hmm. You know, his own seat he used to keep winning from Gwalior or New Delhi or uh, Balrampur. But hmm. his party, he, he couldn't lead his party 
to victory the way Advani did by adopting the Ram movement, but he did. You know, the yeah. BJP got seats. The BJP, mm. uh, you know, the seat chair of the BJP shot up after 1991. A vote share shot up after 1991 when the BJP had adopted the Ram movement. Yes. So, so in that sense, you know, I would say that. Yeah, it was because uh, Advani wanted to build the BJP that he uh, refused to let Modi resign. Mm. Although Vajpayee was, you know, did want Modi to resign. And after the re- defeat of 2004, actually said in an interview that Modi ko nahi hatane se hame nuksan hua. He believed that he lost the election because he was not able to get rid of Modi. Mm. Okay, now you mentioned that, you know, um, if the BJP had got firmly entrenched in the democratic centre, right, like Vajpayee, yeah. then today's Uber Hindutva era, you know, wouldn't yeah. have come about. But I don't know whether that's, you know, talk about that. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, as long as Vajpayee uh, remained in the saddle, if he had time to because you know he was keeping the rss out mm. right he was keeping the rss out of government mm. uh, if that had got institutionalized uh, if uh, vajpai had come back with a stronger mandate he would have been stronger vajpai would have been stronger and he would have been able to have his way much more uh, and the vajpai way was to keep the rss uh, out Hmm. But then on the other hand, you could also argue that, uh, you know, Vajpayee was also very ill and very old. So yes. if he had come back and Advani had become prime minister, then it may have been a very different story. Hmm. But uh, I believe that if Vajpayee had come back with a big mandate, then that would have meant for the BJP that Vajpayeeism Mm. had won, right? And yeah. Vajpayeeism was globalization, privatization, keep Mandir on the back foot, on the back burner, reach out to people, reach out to Pakistan, reach out to Kashmir, reach out to minorities. That was Vajpayeeism. Mm. If Vajpayeeism had won the election, then even the Sangh Parivar would have been convinced that, oh, this, this is a winning ticket. ticket. So mm-hmm. let's go with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this is winning us elections. Mm. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's carry on with this. This Vajpayee is winning us elections, but Vajpayee couldn't win elections. This mm. this this Vajpayeeism was defeated, and he lost. So uh, then it became that okay, and in the sun, the feeling was that now listen, the reason why we've lost is precisely because this man was taking us away from ideology. Mm. And taking us away from Hindutva. So now in order to win elections, we need to go Hindutva, 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 ideology, ideology, ideology. Mm. That's where we need to go to win elections. So they kind of rebounded back uh, to ideology. Whereas if he had won, if his line had won, if he had won, his line would have been perceived to have won, right? The, Mm. the, the, The moderate line. If the moderate line had won, then... That is a uh, that would have uh, you know answered its own question that you know he it, it would have become a self perpetuating thing that this this line wins therefore let's go with this mm-hmm. but because he didn't win yeah uh, I think there was then a rejection of Vajpayeeism completely and it was a terrible defeat you know it was a really terrible yes, defeat it was, it was terrible like defeat. a massacre yeah it yeah. was a it was like a like a like a war, like we defeated in a war. Yeah. I mean, some you know, twenty five ministers lost, all the big leaders yeah. lost. It was a massive. They lost everything. 
Yeah. They got zero in Tamil Nadu, zero yeah. in Andhra Pradesh. I mean, it was like a they. He was literally wiped out. Yeah. It so was bloodshed. Yeah. Bloodshed. Bloodshed. So, uh, so yeah, it showed. You know, his shock showed on air. Yeah. And uh, that I think finished him. Finished. It finished Vajpayee as a politician, mm. and it finished Vajpayeeism or this line. Mm. Okay. Okay. So now to come to my last question, what did you really yes. enjoy about writing this book? You know, the one thing that you take away from it. I mean, you've written uh, about Indira Gandhi and you've written about Vajpayee, two very different yeah. figures. You know, but yeah. but both successful uh, in their own way. So talk about what it is about this, uh, you know, book that you enjoyed. Yeah. So I I uh, I enjoyed uh, his personality. you know uh i enjoyed uh, vajpayee the person uh, as i enjoyed indira the person i i take great pleasure in in people and mm-hmm. i really enjoyed the uh, you know the love of food the love of parties uh, at the same time being a very solitary person um uh, you know the interest in the arts and uh, you know also uh, in a funny way this dark politics Uh, and and you know this fairly repulsive politics was also kind of interesting to me you know mm. i mean if he had been a you know in the sense if he had been a very boring um, you know good politician sorry that's it sounds wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, i it, it's not it's not it's not that it's not that i you know that i in any way approve of this po- i mean his politics was repellent some of the communal politics he played was terribly unconstitutional mm. uh, but it made up for an interesting person you know what i mean it made yes. up for a complicated person mm. uh and uh, someone who you could sort of you know explore and and come to grips with so i i think i enjoyed um uh the process of exploring the person uh, i love that in my biographies actually because i love exploring the people because there are so many shades to people mm. uh, you know and then suddenly they'll say this and then they'll do that and you think oh my god what now you know and and mm. um it's it's uh, it's a very interesting kind of uh picture that you can form of someone mm-hmm. and uh and you know this relationship for example i mean i really enjoyed writing about this relationship i mean mm-hmm. what on earth was this relationship i mean you know uh she was married he she had the family he lived with them uh you know i and i i was i asked appa you know that you know were they you know were they were they sexual partners and uh, i think he sort of said yes vaguely uh, at some point really? and um, <laughs> yeah he sort of said yes no yeah you know he said something and uh, but i i think he i think he said it wasn't just platonic mm. uh, you know they they were at one point they were lovers yeah mm. and um, uh, maybe not in the later years but you know initially and then uh and then of course the living arrangement and the unusual living arrangement and uh the kind of uh, sort of uh, way in which they all interacted with each other and and the kind of life he had you know it's a very mm. it's actually a very fascinating life i mean someone who leaves his family he takes to the rss he's wandering around india with shama prasad mukherjee mm-hmm. um then he lands up in uh, you know contesting elections he becomes golwalkar's favorite uh, he you know he's completely left his father parents siblings all behind he's uh, 
plunged into this into this life and then you know going on to parliament and then uh, so uh, and then coming in contact with nehru and then you know his uh, his uh, you know his his colorful life his his social activities extracurricular activities i mean it's a very uh, it's it's a great range you know it's a great range from where he began and where he um, where he ended he mm. he, uh, he it's it's a huge sort of leap because uh, he came from a very very modest family very mm. sort of uh, you know uh, very uh, very humble modest background yes. and uh, from that he was he became something completely different he was in pakistan and he was you know he was uh, Uh, in parliament and all of that so i think i enjoyed the the various leaps he was making you know mm-hmm. um the, all the all the changes he was in, in you know that he was affecting in his own person that mm-hmm. he was from gwalior and then he became the debating star in university and then he was the parliamentary star and then he was you know the janta party vowing to give up the rss and he was not giving up the rss then he was being gandhian socialist uh so he was making all these leaps and in any big life long life i suppose you do make these leaps and you do sort of have all these transformations but his were quite uh quite dramatic mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh and 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 very um, very interesting to me because uh, it seemed as if he was doing all kinds of different things at different stages of his life you know mm-hmm. and um uh so i think the person the person i really enjoyed I mean I think what is this man all about <laughs> now he's you know so uh the, the the just the challenge of of getting to know him hmm. uh and getting to grips with the person was something that I I I I enjoy you know Indira Gandhi was in a sense easier you know hmm. she was easier hmm. you could understand Indira you know I mean she she came from a very privileged home she then you know she then uh, was her father's daughter she uh, came into politics and you know she she then was the empress of india you, it, it was a easier trajectory to understand mm-hmm. you know but vajpayee was more maybe because i was out of my own comfort zone Hmm. but uh, also don't you think do you think you know like both indira gandhi and vajpayee you know as politicians you can understand them because they're more in the i mean yeah. in general the usual indian mold you know of a leader yeah you know whereas yeah. the, the prime minister we currently have like narendra modi is completely different it's like an entirely new entity right so yeah. in that yeah. sense i i have no idea yeah i would not even know how to approach uh, the current prime minister but um the the you know with indira gandhi and vajpayee you can understand them and you know with both of them i could understand where they were coming from but i couldn't really empathize with them i think they were both played pretty dreadful politics hmm. um she played dreadful politics he played dreadful politics uh in that sense they were both equally ruthless because they they both were determined to get power but they were very different yes. people in the sense that she uh, she came from a very different place she became a you know she be- she was very much in the family mold you know her father's mm. daughter yeah. very yeah. much the family princess he was completely from the outside and he worked his way up through the sheer dint of his oratory you know his mm. big thing was his oratory and his charisma that was his uh, his calling card and he worked his way up he was he came to delhi and then he um 
he underwent many transformations. He spoke many different, many kinds of different languages. I mean, since he talked a different language yeah. every time, but uh, and he was also very ruthless with his detract with his rivals. You know, yes. he uh, he didn't allow uh, his Rajya Sabha colleagues to speak. He he marginalized Balraj Madhok mm. very cleverly. He neutralized Kalyan Singh. He would have done it with Narendra Modi as well. You know, if Vajpayee mm. had been allowed to, he would yes. have treated. He would have dealt with Modi the way he had dealt with Govindacharya. Yes. The way he had dealt with. Uh, before Govindacharya, uh, Balraj Mad- the way he would ha- had dealt with Balraj Madhok, Govindacharya, mm. and Kalyan Singh, yes. he would have dealt in the same way with Modi. You know, he moved very quietly and very invisibly, but suddenly that person found themselves ostracized completely. Mm. And uh, that didn't and work. The picture that didn't work. It didn't work. Mm. It didn't work for Modi because mm. uh, Adva- because of Advani. Mm. You know, in the case of uh, Balraj Madhok, uh, nobody supported Madhok and Advani also wanted Madhok out and Madhok was expelled. In the case of Govindacharya, the whole party wanted Govindacharya out because Govindacharya had also brought uh, scandal to the party because, you know, he was getting married to, there were rumors he was going to marry Uma Bharti. In fact, he was in love with Uma Bharti and was going to marry her. And all that, of that. that was a very narrow-minded of... side of the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I mean, why would they not, why were they not allowed to have their relationship and get married? I mean, you know, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Very cruel, actually. Yes, yes. And then, uh, and then you know, with Kalyan Singh also, he didn't have much sympathy within the... Uh, B- uh, UP BJP, so it was easy for Vajpayee to move. But with Modi, Modi was Vajpayee's great failure uh, in uh, failure because he he couldn't neutralize him and ostracize him and marginalize him the way he had done with all his other rivals hmm. because of the support of uh, Advani. Okay, you know. Okay, you know, you know, Shagrika, I can like talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> so this was really enjoyable and thank you for those amazing questions they were spot on and uh, allowed <laughs> me to say why I wanted to <laughs> okay thanks bye thanks Manjula thanks a lot this was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast HD Smartcast <laughs>